Hi, and welcome to My Tech Sense. My name is Jessica Alegria. DLCP Group is a woman and minority-owned company with a focus on implementing, migrating, hosting, and managing business solutions on AWS. I would love to introduce our guest today. We have Steven Fillers. Hi, Steven. How are you doing? Hi, Jess. I'm doing great. Thanks for Hi. having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, so I wanted, I found you very interesting because I know you made a big career change in your life, but can you tell our audience a little, a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name is Stephen Fillers and I'm I, not really, I wouldn't say I'm different for this reason, but I came from the marketing world and I was in marketing for about seven years, maybe a little bit more than that actually. Uh, but I was in marketing and kind of made a shift to technology. And I found that that was a great shift for me. So that was my background. I've, I've got that marketing background, the design, the creative digital media stuff. That's kind of where I got my, my, all of my skills really. Uh, but I got my degree in digital media, which is kind of topical. It makes sense. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I was thinking at the time I was like, Oh, I want to work on Pixar movies or I want to work in the, the video game industry. Mm -hmm. And I was doing some of that. I was working in the 3d space, like making uh, games in the unreal development kit at the time. Now unreal engine, uh, doing some stuff with Maya and 3ds max, if anybody's familiar with those things, but making 3d models and rendering those scenes to make them look somewhat photo real. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where I got my, my first interest in the digital media world, but left with my degree out of college and got a marketing job as a graphic designer, and then soon kind of developed that into more of a marketing centric role. Mm -hmm. uh, and then moved from my first job onto, uh, it was a small private university doing, uh, it was a director level position in marketing. So I, I climbed up that ladder a lot, but realized it really wasn't for me. And that, that's when I really shifted over to technology. Yes. So that was your turning point that you were like, wait, do I want to do this for the rest of my life or should I try something new? <laughs> Exactly. And it became very clear. And I kind of felt that in my first job. Uh, I, I was working there for a long time and there were some parts of the job I really loved. I love the people there. I love some of the aspects of it. I love the design work, the creative work. But the more I got into the marketing and like doing, um, so I did a lot with Google and search engine optimization, pay-per-click, advertising, that sort of stuff. I just realized like at the end of the day, I was never really feeling fulfilled in that mm -hmm. line of work. And some people really do. And I always like was envious of people who, uh, you know, they, they would say how much they love their job and they felt like they loved going in every morning and stuff like that. And I was like, is that even real? Are these people being honest? Like, <laughs> is that a real thing that people, that people feel like? And I can now say that, yes, it is. That is a real thing. And I didn't have that before. And that's, that's kind of how I knew the turning point, first of all, was that, well, I wasn't really feeling very satisfied with my job, I guess. And I didn't really enjoy the work. It wasn't something I felt passionate about. And that's like the biggest key, I think, is finding your passion. Um, yes, but uh, now that I'm in technology, it like feels, I do feel that way. So I, I'm just here to say right now that it is possible and it's true. There are people who love going into their job. You just have to find it first. You have to find your passion. And if you, if you don't have it in your current job, mm -hmm. then, you know, I think you can reevaluate and find that thing. Exactly. So what was your transition like between working a full-time job and then start starting to study coding? Like what, what happened there? Did you wait to gain your knowledge and then left your full-time job or were you working both? Like what was that transition period like? So it was a long one and it actually started probably 
during my college years. Um, mm-hmm. And I was already in digital media at that time and really loving that, that side of the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, in my senior year, we, the digital media students were all tasked with making a portfolio website. And a lot of people went the route, like with a website builder, like with Wix or something like that. But I chose to go a little bit, not not like super hands-on, but a little bit more hands-on where I built my own WordPress environment, mm-hmm. uh, joined my own, you know, set up my own server and stuff like that. And that was just because it was fun. I thought it was fun at least. <laughs> and a lot of my, my uh, fellow students did not like that at all. And I was like, huh, you know, maybe this is something that I could see myself doing, but I didn't really take it too seriously then. But some mm-hmm. of my friends would come up and ask me for help with building their websites. And I was like, yeah, that, that's great. I would be happy to do that like setting up their domain name and, and all that good stuff, the DNS records. And I just thought I was a nerd and that's just kind of something nerds did. And <laughs> I didn't think it really anything else of it, but I think the seed was planted at that stage in my life in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at my first job, so I got my first job in college as an intern and I worked at this place as an intern and then worked my way up to a manager. But uh, it was all at the same place for about seven years is how long I worked there. Mm-hmm. And I worked as an intern at the beginning, just doing graphic design work. So overflow design work that they need help with. But uh, I soon began to take over this program that was called the Digital Marketplace. And I okay. began to build these websites for people. Not really. It was like a, uh, we use a service called OpenCart. And okay. it's an open source cart software. And I didn't really get to do a lot of the programming at that stage. But mm-hmm. it was kind of like opening the door a little bit more than what I had before. I was able to like use this content management system to build somewhat custom websites for people. Mm-hmm. And I was able to provide support to those people as well. So when the website was done, I would go in and help them set up things that configure their taxes and their payment gateways and things like that. So that opened the door a little bit more. And I began to like see a possibility of getting into that line of work seriously, like uh, earnestly. Mm-hmm. And um, I never really pursued it though too heavily there. So I moved on to my next job and that was the one at the university. And I was managing the, web, the university's main website. So I got even more of that. And I was able to really start getting more creative with it. And my boss, my manager at the time was like giving me freedom to go and learn more about development and web development, stuff like that, web design. And that I think was the biggest turning point. And that was the transition period where I began in my free time, all the free time that I had after, after work, I was spending it working through tutorials, like learning how to code learning JavaScript, stuff like that. I already had a decent baseline of HTML and CSS at that that point, but I began to get really serious with programming languages, a little bit of Python, mostly JavaScript. And I did that for about a year. And that was while I was working full-time. So a lot of long days, a lot of very exhausting days, but I could see that light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I will say though, there were like a lot of times where I was feeling just burnout. Like, I don't know if I can ever make this. I don't know if I can make this transition because, you know, I've been in marketing for so long. Will I ever get out of it? Will I ever get these skills to be hireable for some tech company? Yes. And I wasn't sure that I'd ever get there, but I kept at it and I I was following a certain subreddit and there was a lot of people getting jobs just like me and a lot of people telling their horror stories where they didn't get a job and they've been searching for years. So there was like a little bit of the mix there. And I was like, will I ever get this? And I kept at it and kept at it and while working full time and it eventually worked out and things began to click. And that's when I started, I was like, eh, maybe I can start applying to places and just, you know, see what sticks, see if anybody mm-hmm. would take a chance on me. And sure enough, DLZP did. <laughs> and it was like the best feeling ever because 
that was that moment where I realized, ah, I've made it. I've actually put my foot in the door. That was all I ever wanted was a chance yeah. to like prove myself. And uh, I've always, I've told um, Dave and Lisa both that BLZP will always have like a special place in my heart, as corny as that sounds, because <laughs> they're the first place that gave me a shot. And yes. uh, that was just the best feeling ever. But I did, I, I did uh, the full-time job thing and just all of my free time essentially at that point night at, at the night was spent mm -hmm. learning programming. So it was a lot, but it worked out eventually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I think one of the main things that you touch on is that you felt so passionate about it that it didn't feel like work. It was just that it was just calling you and you just wanted to dive in as much as you could into understanding it and figuring it out. Um, I remember when I started a long time ago with photography and it was so funny because I, I just had a point and shoot camera. And all I remember is feeling the frustration of mm -hmm. the image not looking how it looked in my head. And I was just like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, why Absolutely. didn't that transfer? Uh, and so the first thing I did was before even picking up a camera after that, I dove into everything photography. I learned about the rule of thirds, you know, like the exposure triangle and all these other things. And then, um, and I remember that that year when I used to work for a different company, they gave us like, uh, like a bonus. Um, and I was part time. So it wasn't like a huge bonus for mm -hmm. me, you know, in comparison to other people. And, and I remember thinking, I already know what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get my first DSLR is it was a Canon T1i. And before I even bought it, I had downloaded the the manual and I started reading into it because I wanted to learn as much as possible about yes. my camera. And so it's it, so it's interesting to me because I feel like you're saying a lot of that. Like it's not it's not just that it's not about the money anymore. It's about your passion and your drive and you want to dig in more. Um, and and I think that's what uh, like I think now I um, a lot of us are seeing more and more that the younger generation is passionately just pursuing uh, pursuing sorry that specific task that they want to do um i know several other people like um like one of my cousins she's uh she wants to be a asl uh, interpreter but she found the passion of teaching and she works with a lot of like um like disability ki uh, kids that are disabled and things like that and mm -hmm. my sister found her passion in being a firefighter and she just like dug right in and she was a person that didn't even like school but as soon as she found that drive and that passion she was studying nonstop. she was taking every class every certification that she could chase she wanted that so i think like i think you hit it on the nail as far as like you just ha like once you feel that passion and that drive um it takes you there you know and you're just excited about the opportunities and it doesn't feel like you're working because it's something you love to do Exactly. And I think there's like, so for me, a lot of, a lot of that passion, and I think it really comes down to, for me, at least curiosity, mm -hmm. like wanting yes. to know how things work. And I think a lot of that, sadly, as sad as it is, is kind of taken from us in, mm -hmm. in the school environments. And it's not the case for everybody. Some schools are excellent, mm -hmm. but I think for me, I just wasn't a big fan of school. I did, I did pretty well, but yes. I was just never a fan of it. And I think like it took me getting out of school and graduating before I really could find that passion and, and run with it. I don't think I would have been able to do this because I just felt really at the end of the day in school, I was just burnt out. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything else. But I think kind of being out of that environment and having that creativity reignited 
uh, where I thought maybe it was kind of burnt out a little bit in the school environment, having it reignited and then having the time and that, that curiosity to know, really, I had a lot of friends who were doing really cool things with programming. And I was like, man, I would love to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And that that's really what sparked me, I think, was seeing these people make these cool things. And I wanted to do the same. I wanted to be able to have a vision in my head and bring it to life. And that was like, really exactly. the whole goal. And having that creativity brought back in, not creativity, but curiosity, having mm-hmm. that reignited along with those desires and that passion, those things together, I think we all have that. I think yes. all humans in this, on this earth have that, but sometimes it's, it's buried and we just have to go find it. We have to test different things. Like with your photography, sometimes you just have to like be exposed to it. And then mm-hmm. once you see it or your cousin with, with firefighting, once you're exposed to that thing, yes. whatever it is, that, that ignites something in us. I think that's very human and it helps us to find out really who we are. And once you find that passion, I think that's where you can really begin to change the world. As, as cheesy as that sounds. No, I, think I agree. If, if yeah. every human were, were to spend the time to find that, that thing that, you know, ignites them and makes them feel super excited to get out of bed in the morning, we would mm-hmm. live in such a better world. Uh, but I think that's just the hardest thing right now is to find that passion and to give it the time that it needs to foster it and to grow it. Mm-hmm. But I think if we do that, I think we're just going to be happier in general. Uh, th- that's that's my motto, at least. Yes, I agree because um, one of the like I I didn't struggle where I still make great grades, but I struggled because I had I felt like I had to study as twice as hard to get a B. You know, sure. Um, yeah. And I always remember um, like during college, one of the things that I that I Einstein is one of my favorite people that ever existed. I love his brilliant mind and his quotes really speak to me. And and one of the, my favorite things was that I learned is that being a genius doesn't just necessarily mean academically. And that blew my mind because yep. I always thought it being a genius was supposed to fit within a box, um, but it doesn't. It, it's completely different for every single person. And so one of my favorite, oh, I'm not sure if this is the exact quote, but if you but it was like um if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree they would think they were dumb their whole life and and so that always really speaks to me because i feel like some like you were saying you're feeling burned out but because you weren't doing things that you wanted to do or that explore that um like curiosity or breaking something down because um you know you just felt like okay no i have to do this specific box thing in order to be successful or to have a job or a good job and um and i think once we get older we just start kind of realizing like well i don't want just a job i want something that gives my life meaning and drive and just purpose um so that's definitely something that like i would like more other people like more people to under like to understand that that being a genius does not always mean academically. You can be really good at other things. Um, exactly. And that, yep. yeah, so I, I know that's like, to me, I feel like that's what, like you were really good at marketing and obviously that's what you were successful within your career, but it wasn't something that drove you. It was just probably something that came naturally to you versus mm-hmm. challenging you. Yep, that's right. And, and a lot of those times, success is not always equitable to happiness. And that's, exactly. what, it came, that's what it came really down to me was like, well, I'm, I've got a, a, an okay title. Um, I'm mm-hmm. happy with that, but I, I don't, like I mentioned earlier, I don't wake up and I'm excited to go to work. It, it's, mm-hmm. I think for me, it became the, the scale was starting to tilt more towards just status rather than happiness. And mm-hmm. I wanted to 
kind of bring that back in line because once you're happy, I think whatever you do at that point is, is fine. And at, at some point you have to like live well, you, you want to be able to live well. But I think once you're happy with your job, a lot of that comes naturally because mm-hmm. you begin to excel at something and you begin to kind of build it, be, like climb up the ladder naturally that way. So I think for me, I just got to that point where happiness was more important and I wanted to do something I loved. So that that's when those scales started to shift for me. Yeah. I love that you brought up the success part. Uh, it's just that one of the things too, that they always, that I've always read and it's always emphasized is that success means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so one of the first things is that you're, you need to define what being successful looks like for you. And that was one of the most difficult things for me to grasp because I just thought success was always tied to a money sign. Yep, um, yep. And, and, you know, having a medical, <laughs> I don't know, like all the, the regular things that you think that adults should have, you know? Sure, um, yeah. And so I think like that, that was one of the, that kind of thinking that I had to switch. Um, so I don't know how it applied to you. Yep. It was the exact same way. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it still kind of is that way a little bit. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, I could have like, if I were to stay at my last job, I could be at this point now, yes. but I don't think that's the right way to look at it at all. I think really um, at this point in life, we have all these things that are kind of told to us. Like this mm-hmm. is what the successful person looks like. Yes. And that kind of goes back to the same thing. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, um, success is not the same for everybody. And exactly. it shouldn't be. I think everybody is so different that if we were to compare ourselves to this one standard, you have to have all these things to be successful. Mm-hmm. We're going to be miserable. <laughs> I think that's just <laughs> a, a horrible way to live. And I think um, it is good. I think it's great to have those things. And I'm not, not you know complaining about those things at all, but I'm saying that um, those things should come alongside your passion. They should come alongside your happiness and they don't by themselves equate to happiness because if you're spending eight hours a day or more doing something that you just really don't like at all, you're (laughs) going to find yourself like I was just totally burnt out. And I would say just, just realign those priorities. And it's, it's not always simple. It's difficult to do, but I think it's worth the time and I think it's worth the effort. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so what's in the future for you? So in the future for me, I, I kind of see myself in five years. Uh, I'm, I'm always thinking of like that, what's the five-year plan? Mm-hmm. I really want to be a full stack developer. I want to be at that stage where I can see that vision in my head. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, build it. That, that's what I wanted to do from the get-go. It's like, well, I've got all these ideas, but and I really don't want to have to hire somebody to do them because I would. Mm-hmm. the coolest part for me is being able to do it myself. I just love that. <laughs> So that's what I want to be because at the moment I'm, I'm more front end. I do more front end design and that's like the, the foot in the door, like I mentioned, but I really want to be able to start doing things at a full stack level, like a senior full stack developer. That's, that's kind of what my near future looks like. But ultimately I would love to be able to just start building my own cool software, doing exactly what I want it to do. So yeah. that's like eventually maybe one of these days. But uh, in the near term, at least, I want to go full stack so I can begin to, to make those applications from the ground up. That, that's the whole idea. And that sounds so fun. So <laughs> I've definitely got the drive <laughs> to get there. It's just a matter <laughs> of time, I guess, time and, and education, getting all that, those skills that I need to make that happen. <laughs> awesome. So what tips do you have for people looking to switch careers? That's, that's a really great question. And there, I've, I've, I guess I've got a few. So for people wanting to switch careers, I would say, uh, prioritize it, make it a priority in your life and dedicate time to it each week or every day. Um, that that's what it took for me was 
dedicating the time to do it because you can, there's like this, this moment in your brain where you have all these endorphins. If you were just to say, I'm going to do this thing and tell everybody I'm going to work on this thing. Um, you get that endorphin rush in your brain and that almost acts to your brain. Like I'm doing that thing. Uh, that may sound really confusing. I don't know if I said it the right way, but no, what I'm trying to it. say <laughs> is rather than just talk about doing something, uh, what I would recommend and what worked for me was to kind of keep it under wraps for a while. Yeah, uh, That way you're kind of limiting those endorphins to your brain and just work on it, kind of hustle on it in your mm -hmm. free time um, and, and don't make a big deal about it because that for me, for the years that I was leading up to this moment, I was like telling all these people, oh, I'm going to make this really cool thing. And Mm -hmm. You know, I got that rush in my brain, but I never did anything because no, I was just excited about like talking you, about it. Yes, you were already <laughs> finished in your mind because you got that that rush. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. all these ideas were there and I was just telling people, I can, I'm going to do this. Just watch me. But really, that was the wrong approach. The, mm -hmm. the right approach for me was to take the time to, to buy courses on Udemy or to get on YouTube and find that thing you want to do and just do it and just spend the hours in the evening um, and, and just do it. And that's what it took for me, but people are different. People, people do things a little bit differently, but that's what it took for me. And I would say, prioritize it and do the things, actually put yeah. in the time and make it happen. Once you do that, for me, I, I will admit, there were like a couple of weeks where I just took off. I was like, I can't do this anymore. But mm -hmm. I kind of took those weeks off and came back. And those things that I were, that I was stuck on that I couldn't really progress further from, it was like almost serendipitous because I would come back and it would click. It was yes. just, you know, I don't, I can't, can't explain it. But from that point forward, that thing that I was struggling with made total sense. And in some cases, like the really serendipitous cases, I would find like this YouTube video from a creator that I really enjoyed. And that week he released something that was totally topical to that thing I was struggling with. That happened more cases than, than not. So I think there are moments where it's just, you can tell that it's meant to be and these things yeah. line up and th those things like really, they kind of touch my heart. If you want to say it that way, it's like, I, I, this, this as, you know, as menial as it sounds, I felt like that was a sign to keep moving. Like this was that thing that yeah. I needed to learn and somebody made something so I could help, so I could learn it easier. Yes. And those little things begin to stack up and begin to create momentum. So I would say as long as you're trying, as long as you're prioritizing and you're putting in the time, those things will come. I really feel that way. Like those, those little signs will pop up and keep you moving, keep you motivated. As long as you are willing to put in that time, you'll get there. So I would say my advice would be don't settle. If you're not happy in your current job, uh, think about it. Think about what you really want to do. If you haven't found that thing yet, explore. Pick up a camera. See if you like it. Uh, mm -hmm. Start coding. See if you like that. Start cooking, and maybe you want to be a chef. I don't know what that thing is, but you'll find it if you if you try it hard enough. I think. And once you do find it, prioritize it and give it the time that it deserves. And if you do that, I think you'll be much happier for it, and you'll really find your passion. I think, like I mentioned earlier, once we find our passion, we can really use that to serve people and to make people yes. make their lives better. And that's what I think the meaning of life is: is really to find your purpose. And then use that to make other people's lives better. And once you do that, you have a fulfilled life, in my opinion. So that's what I'm working for. And I recommend everybody do the same. Yeah, that's, I mean, beautiful, because I completely agree. As a service, you're here to help people solve a problem. And yep. one of the things that uh, mine and my, with my photography, mine is empowering, empowering women through the art of photography. 
Um, and it's just simply that it's I focus on women because I feel like we a, a lot of the times I see not always, but a lot of the times that I see as families is um, the whole focus is on the kids. And what about the mom with the kids? What about their yep. relationship? What about these are important monumental moments in this, um, you know, woman's life. And I feel like it should be documented with them and not be left out behind the camera because they feel uncomfortable. That's and so, yep. so that's the main idea behind my brand is just empowering women to feel comfortable in front of the camera, to feel comfortable being part of that memory and having your life documented. Um, because kids grow up so fast, like every single year, my nephew keeps getting taller than me and it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and he loves pointing it out. <laughs> yeah, they do, I think. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Well, I'd like to thank you again for sharing your story and answering our questions. Um, and to our audience, if you'd like to learn more about DLCP, please reach out to us by visiting dlcpgroup.com and send me a quick note asking for a follow-up. Again, this is Jessica Alegria with... Stephen Fillers on my Texans podcast saying have a great rest of your day.